When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is the Ohio Dirt Track Podcast. Thanks for coming back for episode 34. Things are a little bit different this week. Jacob Horde is traveling with work, so I am Clint. And on the phone with us this week, I have a guest host, Derek Bean. Welcome back, Derek. How are things going in Michigan? Things are going well. Thanks for having me, Clint. Man, we're excited to have you back. Uh, it's a great week here in Ohio. Started snowing today. Is it is it snowing in Michigan yet? Yeah, we had some snow again. Uh, I think the high today was about 20 degrees, uh, about 11 degrees right now. So, yeah, definitely uh, winter has set in. So winter set in. Uh, racing is pretty much done up here. We've mentioned that several times on the podcast, but I'm very excited because it's PRI week. Uh, as we're recording here, it's Wednesday. Uh, I've got one more day to work, and then I'm headed off to PRI on Friday in Indianapolis. Along with that, there are a lot of schedules that are being announced. The All-Star Circuit of Champions have announced their schedule. World of Outlaws have announced their schedule for 2020. And uh, there's some exciting things Uh coming up in, in the, the coming season. Uh, some tracks have been added to those schedules. Uh, Derek, what were you most excited to see added to either one of those? You know, Gas uh, yeah, City uh, with the All-Stars, I think that's going to be a pretty awesome show. It's a small little racy track, and to have the wings on there with the All-Stars is going to be pretty awesome. I know people are pretty pumped up about Kokomo hosting the All-Stars and the World of Outlaws this year, so those will be pretty fun races as well. I haven't been to Kokomo. Have you been to a race there? I have not been. Nope. That will hopefully be on my list for this upcoming season. That's definitely a track that I, I want to make it to. Uh, we also should notice or should mention, uh, rather, nine nights of Ohio Speed Week starting at Attica. Uh, and then Eldoro, Waynesfield, Wayne County, Sharon Speedway, Muskingum, Fremont, Limeland, Portsmouth, uh, and then back to Attica, Fremont, uh, Sharon. I mean, that's going to be uh, an exciting week. And uh, I think I'm going to take some time off work this year and try to make it to a good portion of those shows. The uh, the addition of Waynesfield back on the uh, speed week schedule is pretty awesome. I know uh a lot of people always rave that that's about the best race of Speed Week, so that's cool to see. I'm assuming the Helmses uh, bring Speed Week Speed Week back to Waynesfield this year. Yeah, so even though we are still uh, months away from racing here in uh, Ohio and Michigan and Indiana, Indiana and Pennsylvania, uh, we've got something to look forward to. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff, uh, bringing sprint cars back and and late models and and just uh, the the full dirt track racing season. It's always exciting to talk about it, and I can't wait to get over to Indianapolis on Friday, see what kind of new things are going on in the industry, and and meet some people that I've never met before, and uh, and talk dirt track racing. 
Right. It's just uh, it's an exciting time as far as schedules go. USAC just released their schedule today for the uh, sprints, and then the Hell Tour was just released. Uh, well, I just saw it tonight. So that's uh, so all these schedules are coming out. You kind of get excited about next year, although it's not really racing weather outside right now. Yeah, it's kind of like Christmas before Christmas. <laughs> it is, yep. <laughs> Even though we still have to to wait uh, a few more months uh, to to get back to it. So, right. Well, uh, speaking of of getting to it, uh, I've got an we've got an exciting interview on the on the podcast this week. Uh, we have a sprint car driver from Michigan who's got some experience with the wing, uh, without the wing, on dirt on pavement. Uh, he's been at it a little while and we are excited, uh, to bring in Steve Irwin for an interview, uh, out of Michigan. He's got some experience racing here with boss in Ohio, uh, as well as Indiana. And, uh, with having Steve on the show, I want to say welcome to any new Michigan or listeners that we might have, uh, who found us through his social media. So welcome to the show. And, uh, Derek, I, tell us a little bit about how you know uh, how you know Steve and, and what you know about his racing experience. So Steve, I've uh, obviously raced around Michigan for a long time. He also gets out and is pretty competitive when he leaves the state. He's a uh, pretty decent friends with Ryan Rule, so that's kind of how I met him the first time. We were throwing a uh, Ryan Rule fundraiser, and Steve came in, and he's just a real down earth guy. You could I. Uh, bench race with Steve for probably two or three hours and not get bored of the stories he has to tell. <laughs> he, um, he's a true race fan on top of being a racer. Uh, one night the world outlaws were in Michigan. He wasn't racing that night. He came out to our tailgate, hung out with us. He's just a down to earth, real nice guy. Uh, definitely a successful racer. So hopefully it'll be a pretty good interview that we're going to have coming up here. Good deal. So, uh, Let's let's just get to it. So please enjoy uh, this interview with Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin on the phone with us from Michigan. Steve, how's it going tonight? You feeling all right? Oh, yep, doing good. We're just out here in the shop, uh, trying to get ready for uh, twenty twenty. Already, it's it's December. We're we, Derek and I were just talking about how we're. Um, probably what four or five months out from from racing uh so well i mean the work's never done and um my my profession that my old profession was working on race cars for a living so i got a lot of other people's stuff that i work on and i do crew chiefing uh when i don't race so um i've been busy getting stuff ready for the tulsa shootout and the chili bowl and um the st louis uh midget race so this is a rare night where I got a chance to work on my stuff. So that's why we're out here uh, doing that. So what other, uh, what are the cars have you been working on for other Michigan drivers? Um, the, yeah. The last couple of years um, I've worked with uh, Max Sandball um, doing some 410 stuff. He's had rides, but his uh, own family team that his uh, dad, uh, Tim owns. Um, I do some 410s crew chief for him. I've helped, uh, Dan McCarran a ton um, on his 410 program. Um, and then uh, just recently, I've been working with my uh, nephew, Darren. Um, he's got a shot. Um, his goal is to make it to the USAC National uh, Midget Series. And he's been running 600s at US 24, where Zeb Wise and 
Emerson Axum and all them kids have been getting midget rides out of. So I've been working on that. I've worked for Lane and Simon in the past. I was his uh, USAC National Sprint Car Crew Chief for a while. So we're going to do a midget and go to St. Louis, uh, possibly Chili Bowl. So I'm always busy doing something. <laughs> so, you, yeah, it sounds like you're extremely busy. What What do you do uh, when you're not racing? What's what What's the full time? Um, my cousin Brian. Um, well, I worked for Roush and I worked for the Keselowskis when. Um, um, so I worked at Roush had a, a Michigan-based truck team. So I worked in the NASCAR truck series for a few years, and then I would just race when we didn't race the trucks. And then I went, I got some rides and I went full-time racing for two, three years um, on my own when I was in my twenties. And then I, um, you know, some of that stuff didn't pan out. So Kozlowski's hired me and I would work for them and they were, I I worked for them for almost 10 years. Um, When Brad drove the truck and when his brother Brian drove Arca and Xfinity and some cup stuff and they would always work with me and they were really good with knowing that I wanted to be a race car driver. And they, uh, they gave me a lot of time off and was, you know, let me run my sprint car and still gave me a job in the shop and whatnot. So that's kind of a little bit of my background. So, but since then, since they've all moved to North Carolina, my cousin gave me a job, uh, running data cable, which isn't very glamorous or, uh, Sounds really great, but that that's my day job here the last about ten years. Yeah, I was uh, I've actually tweeted that before, but every time I get a snap from Steve, it seems like he's working on some type of car, whether it be his own or someone else's. There's not very many people that work harder in in sprint car racing than than Steve or when I'll say that. Where did it all start? I mean, where did did you um, grow up in a racing family? Yeah, yeah. My dad raced um, up at um, Owendale Speedway, which is now called Silver Bullet Speedway. It's in the tip of the thumb in Michigan. And he raced there for like 20 years straight. And they had like Streaks Oct Division, Late Model Division, like everybody knows, everybody's local track. But they had a, uh, what they called an open modified or super modified division, which is basically in the 70s and early 80s, there was no 305s or 360s. So everybody built like a, a garage built, a hand built chassis, which was like a super modified, which they had them at Butler and Cherry Speedway, Merritt Speedway and Owendale Speedway. And they, and Brad Doty and Jack Hollenschild came out of that deal in Ohio. They ran Lakeville and Wayne County um, in the seventies and eighties. My dad did that forever until that ran out. And when the 360 thing came in in the nineties, when that was a new deal, my dad morphed his home built modified into a, a 360 and we started running 360s until I graduated high school. I bought my own sprint car and I started racing in 1996. And where was that at the, the silver bullet speedway? Where did you start? No, Silver bullet. Uh, they, they, they closed down the weekly modified slash sprint car thing in 1991. So, Luckily for my dad, they started the Sprint Car Series in 1991, the 360 deal in Michigan. It was called United Limited Sprints. Um, it was before SOD. It was before GLSS and all that stuff. And that's where my dad started, and that morphed into SOD and whatnot. And um, 
So I helped him doing that through high school. And then I bought my own sprint car out of high school and I started running sod and, um, 410. There was local 410 racing back then, uh, Butler and I-96 and Hartford had local 410 racing. So I started in around doing that in uh, 1996, 1997. So when did you kind of get into your non-wing racing? Because you obviously started more at the wing. When did you kind of get into the non-wing side of it? Well, the non-wing thing kind of uh, derives from um, my, my crew chief that I've had since 2012. His name's Nathan Whitney, and I bought my first car from his dad. Um, which Jerry Whitney, he won the first 360 championship in 1990 that Michigan ever had. And my family and the Whitney family, would, we'd run 360 wing stuff in Michigan. As, as our two families, we'd always go down to Four Crown and watch the Four Crown. So we were big non-wing fans. And um, a, one of my first supporters um, in my racing was Ed Norton, and he restored – um, 60s and 70s and 80s historic USAC cars, and he's based in Michigan. So I had a like a big USAC non-wing thing like drove into me since I was about you know 11, 12, 13 years old. So the non-wing thing has always been something going on in my head, and I think I ran my my first race at Gas City. I don't know. I I went down there with my 360 and late nineties, early two thousand, see what it was like. And, um, you know, I've always had a love for non-wing, but until the MTS series started, we didn't have an opportunity to run non-wing. And I think it was this, the first MTS race I didn't go to, but the second MTS race that was ever run, I won it. And then, um, I dabbled in non-wing and, and we got doing that and we were really successful in the non-wing deal. And, I didn't go full-time non-wing racing until 2010, um, but it's always been a passion of our families and, you know, nothing against wing racing, but we've always had that, that passion and doing those vintage cars and, and being around all that um, USAC nostalgia my whole life. That's, you know, that was always in the forefront of my mind. So is it uh, the passion for, for the non-wing, is it, is, does it have specifically – does it have to do with the the history of it, uh, or is it is it a different driving style that that you love more about it? Tell me, all, it, all of it, all, all of, it. of it, all of it. There, I mean, I'd watch Dick Wong classic movies when I was of non of non roll cage cars in you know late sixties. I was enamored with it. it. It's the same thing as if if I don't have a I don't have a car to run in 2019 and I go watch a USAC race at Eldora, I'm just as enamored today as I was watching, a, uh, you know, Gary Benthausen run the cushion at Terre Haute in 1969 in the video. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, nothing against wing racing because I've done tons of wing racing and that stuff's great too, but it's just something about that non-wing deal and just manhandling that car and, and, and all that stuff that I, I just, I really like. So you've got some experience uh, running boss in Ohio. Uh, since we are the Ohio Dirt Track podcast, you know I want to get your take on on the the differences. You know you've run uh, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Knoxville. Uh, talk a little bit about the the tracks that you've run here. I know you've run Fremont, uh, Eldora. 
Um, what are what are what are the tracks that you that you really enjoy in Ohio? Well, coming from Michigan and and in Michigan, just be, basically being if you're an Ohio guy or you're a guy from Texas and you want to run Michigan, basically when you cross the border, you're you're entering a sandbox. I mean, our tracks up here, it doesn't matter how much clay uh, um, uh, a track owner puts in there. There's so much sand in our national soil. It's sandy. It's slick. It is what it is. So based on on that premise and, and growing up around that, I like Lima. I like Fremont. Eldora Slick now. Um, you know, it's – to be honest, I, I struggle – at the Indiana stuff. I, I did win a race at Gas City, but it was extremely slick, which is my forte. I I still struggle and I still work at like the the hammer down, the big cushions, all that stuff, because I didn't grow up around that. So I mean, we had that show at Oakshade. That was that was an awesome show. I wish I didn't hurt my motor. I thought I had a shot to win that thing. But you know, Lima, um, the other boss tracks I like, I love love running on wing. I hope boss can get back in there is Sharon, um, Wayne County. Um, I love uh, Pittsburgh um, and Western Pennsylvania. It's a big round, super fast track, but it's it's slick on the fence, uh, or you got to run the bottom. You got to be real precise. And what you learn in Michigan is to be very line sensitive because the tracks are so slick and slow down that if you miss your marks, you're not going to win a lot of races. So, I mean, when I go to, and that's what I really liked about Knoxville is I didn't know what to expect. And it's a whole different dirt. And there's not a lot of sand, but it's a very line sensitive um, type of racetrack. If you don't hit your marks, you're, you're not going to go very well at Knoxville. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, as a, as a fan watching, you know, obviously I've, I've never driven a, a sprint car, but you know, when I'm watching the Knoxville races, uh, that's one thing that I see is that it's, it's very, very clear that everyone's, you know, aiming for their marks, uh, which is, I mean, obviously that happens anywhere you're running, but in Ohio, uh, it seems to be, uh, a much more free form of racing, um, you know, around the track and the track changes so much. Uh, I mean, do you find that uh, can that, that you know that the tracks change just as much from state to state uh, throughout the race, or is that is that a different character? Well, every every track changes. I mean, at the progression that they change, and a lot of the tracks, Knoxville doesn't change a bunch. But I mean, I'm I'm speaking from not a lot of experience because I've only been there one time, or well, one event, which was two nights. Um, the thing with Ohio and Indiana that differs is Indiana, the tracks can stay better longer and you attack, attack, attack all night long where Ohio you attack just as hard as you do in Indiana, but then the track slows down to almost a Michigan pace. So I think some of the Indiana guys have success in Ohio non-wing if the track stays good or if they're smart enough to slow down their pace, you know what I'm um, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but um, um, like Waynesfield, I think as a track is um, like a good bridge from Michigan to Indiana to Ohio. I feel like Indi- uh, Waynesfield is 
the best track that combines Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana all together. And, and if you look at since they've been running non-wing there, they get the most Michigan guys, the most Ohio guys, the most Indiana guys there because it has um, something for everybody. I mean, in my opinion, that's my favorite track just because no matter what style you are or where you come from, everybody can find something to that fits their style and run there. Right, which in turn makes it extremely competitive, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Night to night. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you've obviously been pretty successful in your career. I was telling the guys, uh, you're up to seven championships now, I believe, correct? Eight. Eight championships. So you've done a little bit of, uh, you've won non-wing, you've won wing, uh, and you've won some pavement. Tell a little bit about uh, the different championships you've won and, and uh how they differ maybe as far as uh, competition, things like that? Well, I won my first, um, I went for my first sod when sod was, sod was 360 through 2015. So uh, I won my first sod championship in 2001. And um, in, in that era, 360, there was a lot of 360 racing. So there's a lot of 360 racing everywhere. It was like, in our area, it was there was more 360 racing than there was 410s or non-wing or anything. So that was a that was a high point in my career. And actually, you know, I was in my 20s at that point, and that actually winning a sod championship in that era catapulted you to an opportunity to run, uh, get rides, and run 410 stuff at Fremont or a gum out. Uh, the gum out series was around, which I got the opportunity to do that or all stars or whatever. And so that era in my career, that was, you, you won 360 race and won 360 championships to get yourself a 410 opportunity. And then nowadays that doesn't get you that opportunity, which, which is as unfortunate. Um, but that was in that era. And I, it took me three tries to win that championship. I ran second twice and then won that. And then, I didn't win another wing championship until 2017, and that ended up being a 410 championship under the SOD banner with whole different rules package. So I'm proud of that. I won two SOD championships under two rules packages and whatnot. And then I've won um, five MTS championships. Um, I've only, MTS has been around, I don't know, 13 or 14 years, but. Um, I've only gone for the championship five times and I've won it five times when I've tried. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. And then, you know, pavement racing in Michigan is actually, um, there's more of a big history of pavement racing in Michigan than any kind of sprint car racing, because we have a, ton, we have a ton of people that were successful in little 500, um, you know, the auto value super sprints, the musty wing sprints, all that. There's, there's a lot of pavement, um, really good pavement racers from here. I mean, the hotbed of pavement racing is Michigan and Florida. So to win a pavement championship at Spartan was uh, a big feather in my cap when there's so many, you know, Michigan's like Indiana for non-wing or Ohio for wing racing with a sprint car for pavement racing. So if you can do, if you can win anything in Michigan on pavement, you're, you're doing something. So, you know, we did that, um, And, um, you know, I mean, my big goal is, you know, I'd like to win some more races out of state, um, and do some more non-wing stuff. Cause I think that's 
my forte, but, um, you know, we're proud to be diverse and I've always, I've always tried to be a diverse driver. So I'm glad I was able to win some different stuff in some different arenas. So do you have ideas of, of where you might be going in 2020? Anything new for you, uh, you know, getting outside of, of what you did this year in 2019? Well, the last couple of years, we haven't raced a lot. Our budget's been pretty low and we've had some engine problems and I've crashed and I broke my collarbone, which slows us down and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we really want to focus on the non-wing stuff and start traveling around and do a little bit more of that. And like I'm right now, I'm working in the shop and we're really gearing our race team up to have just do non-wing full time. Not that I don't want to run wing cars, but we're we're a small budget team. So when we spread ourselves out doing doing like we did with pavement and non-wing or wing and non-wing is we're depleting our resources. So we've decided to, you know, put all our full effort into non-wing full time and and um um Barry Marlowe with the GLSS has bought the MTS and that's gonna grow. And we got opportunities to, you know, USAC's coming to Michigan and Boss is coming to Michigan. So it kind of, like, in a roundabout way, it kind of played into what we were going to do anyway. And then everybody's kind of coming to us. So it's really going to work out good to be full-time non-wing because now we got opportunities to show what we can do, you know, in the non-wing world. With all the, the eight championships that you have, and it sounds like you know a little over 20 years of racing, can you think of the most intense moment that you can think of on the racetrack? Uh, what, what's the most intense race that you've been a part of? Uh, and, and can you tell us about that story? Well, probably the most intense thing isn't even anything like battling for a win or, well, I would say second most it would would be racing Brian Claus and the last time USAC came to on eighty six, he ended up snookering me and winning the heat race, which as good as he was, you know, and him beating me, I'm not that embarrassed that Brian Clausen beat me. But I mean, he was such a good driver. But other than that, the most probably intimidating or intense thing I was ever done is I went and took a job working for Keslowski's and I got a call to run a silver crown car in 2005 and I've, I had like no pavement experience at all. I might've ran a stock car on pavement once and I got to run the Phoenix mile. And this was USAC silver crown before they were getting, this is like before it kind of went into its like little lull and everybody was getting NASCAR rides out of there. And, and I got a chance to run the Phoenix mile and you know, there's a lot of tension there and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of going on. And, you know, that was probably the most intense moment of my career is getting a guy getting plucked out of a 360 sprint car from Michigan that nobody knows and getting an opportunity to run uh, a silver ground car at Phoenix International Speedway. And my teammate was in the Indy 500 and I'm flying in a plane with a guy that just ran the Indy 500 to Phoenix and there's guys on NASCAR development programs with Hendrick and Ganassi and whatever. And you're like, well, what am I doing here? I just run three sixties in Michigan. So regardless of the results or whatever, that the, the whole atmosphere of that whole two or three weeks is probably the most intense thing I've probably ever been put through. 
So uh, on the other side of that, where is your uh, where is your crowd? Where is your your home track? Uh, the track that you go to and and uh, after the race you you sit around uh, afterwards till two in the morning. Uh, what what track is that? Pretty much almost any track in Michigan. But, <laughs> okay. Um, um, to break it down, um, because we do like to hang out, and that's one thing when I was a, a kid. Um, Hank Lauer, Brian Tyler, um, a lot of guys that I looked up to, they always would hang out and drink beer and, you know, back in the old sod days in the eighties and nineties, you know, and I always, I thought that was cool, you know, when I was a kid. So, you know, everybody's new deal is to, like load up as fast as they can and rush to the car wash. Well, I tried to lag that out as much as I can and let the fans come down. So, I mean, up in the thumb, the, the Owendale Speedway Silver Bullet. I got a pretty good amount of fans there. Crystal Speedway's fun. Um, obviously, Butler Speedway, because I got a bunch of buddies that race there on a regular basis. And Hartford Speedway, probably Hartford, Butler, and then, but I got a bunch of buddies. I raced a lot of non-wing at Waynesfield, and there's a bunch of good non-wing racers down there, you know. Like, I'm buddies with Landon Simon, Kyle Simon, Matt Westfall, Luke Hall, Dallas Hewitt. You know, we usually hang out down there as long as somebody didn't run real bad. If we all run in the top five, then everybody's hanging out afterwards. But, you know, sometimes somebody's mad. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how it goes. Derek Butler is your speedway, right? That's that's where you might get caught hanging out. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I might have drank a couple of beers with Derek at some point. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember uh, up at Crystal Speedway one night, uh, Steve actually was let's just say wrecked and it wasn't necessarily his fault. And he was chasing down, uh, Chimez. Right. They got, they got him and they got him on the mic and, uh, Chimez just popped into Michigan for an MTS race. They got Steve on the mic right after he got wrecked and obviously wasn't real happy about it. And he said, and anyone wants to come down to the, uh, to the hall after the race and have a beer, I'll be there. And, and Steve's one person that means it when he says it, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of got a standing ovation doing that, but, you know, people go to Crystal the party and, you know, it's, you know, and, and I don't, and, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't know. I guess I got a target on my back in some ways because just even Mesrol, as talented as he is, I think he's one of the most talented non-wing racers of all time. For him to come to Michigan and try to beat me in Michigan and me, me and him to have a duel and then I crash in lap traffic, you know what I mean? Like, that means a lot to me that someone even of his caliber, like, has any notion to come up here and, and, and see what it's about. You know, and, and, and that goes, I mean, Shane Cottle's been up here and Lane and Simon and all them guys. I mean, there's been a ton of guys that come up here and, and see what it's about. And, you know, it's it's... And I just wish that the non-wing thing can grow in that vein. And it's not just me, but other guys, maybe some younger guy can come in and be really good to where guys from Indiana, where it's all about, they might be like, Hey, that guy's pretty good. Like we're going to go up there and try to beat that guy. I mean, that's, that's what sprint car racing is all about is traveling around and going to that region. And if you think you're good, you're going to try to beat the best guy in that, that arena. You know what I mean? So I mean, I was I was honored that he came up and ran, and you know I lost to him, but you know I don't feel bad about that. Uh, you know uh, I tried my best, but 
you know, he come up another time and I, and I got the best of him another time. So, you know, I, I'm not saying I can beat him at Kokomo probably never, never will, but you know, you know, it, it just, it just shows that, you know, in, in our region and our type of racetracks, you know, you know, we can do pretty good up here. So did anybody come down to the hauler and have a couple of beers that night? Oh yeah. A ton of people <laughs> did. A ton of people did. A ton of people. He kind of led me into my next spot. I kind of had Steve. So, you know, we obviously have some, some good drivers up there in Michigan. Chad Bonds went and won quite a few all-star races back in the day and, and rule can compete when he gets out. And then obviously you with the non-wing or even the wing can go compete. So, Michigan's kind of a little bit, I would say, disrespected as far as when people leave outside of Michigan, they kind of have the stigma they're just a Michigan racer. So mm-hmm. how do you feel when you can go to a track like I'm the Land or Gas City and, and when do you kind of take pride in that, knowing that, you know, we do have guys up here who can be competitive other places or you go out to Knoxville and you, you make the future yeah. at the, the nine-wing uh, nationals? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely, 100%. I mean... My original goal as a driver was not to be a Michigan guy. It was to get a ride and, and race for a living, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, stuff happens in life and whatever. So I am where I'm at. And, you know, when I was a kid, you know, and I watched and Brian Tyler left Michigan and became a USAC national champion. And Chad Bond left and won all-star races and won all outlaw races. So, when I was kind of put in that position, I, I like to be a part of that, that group, you know, um, that, you know, Michigan guys can leave and we can win out of our playground. You know what I mean? And that doesn't happen very often, you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm glad I can put my name in that circle that I can leave the state and I can, run at their level and do their stuff and run at their tracks and, 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 and be good. And that's one of the things I, I really enjoy about the, the non-wing is, you know, it seems to, the drivers seem to travel uh, really well and, and get out and, and find those other racetracks and those opportunities. So, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, we're in Ohio, but we certainly appreciate it when we get to see you guys uh, to come out. And I'm ashamed to say my first live non-wing race I think this is the truth, uh, was the um, Great Lakes Dirt Nationals at Mansfield Speedway three years ago. Um, Yeah. And I was extremely excited to see how many, uh, I think that was a boss-sanctioned event. I I, I couldn't believe how many, you know, non-wing drivers came out. So I just because I I'm I'm in Ohio, you know, we appreciate when you guys come over and uh, and and and, you know compete. Uh, because it's, you know, it's better for the sport. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, you know, I have a, you know, um, you know, even at, at one point, you know, Ohio had a, a stigma of they couldn't run non-link, you know, until Jack Hewitt started winning a bunch of races, you know, and then you, you know, you go back in the nineties, you got Rusty McClure and, and a lot of guys, you know, so, you know, it, it just non-wing racing just isn't as big as wing racing. So, you know, it's, it's hard to find guys from certain areas that do well. You know what I mean? So like even, you know, in Michigan's no different, you know, we got our, our few guys and Ohio's got their few guys and, you know, it's hard to beat that Indiana deal when that's what they do three nights a week. So 
when you got to drive, you know, five, six, seven hours to go race against them when they got a half hour drive, you know, and they do it all the time. It's, uh, it takes a while, but I mean, and that's, you know, that's, what's great about the boss deal and the MTS deal is that the people that put those deals together, they're bringing that non-wing stuff to the fans and growing that type of racing so that everybody can do it. And, you know, it's just like Mesro coming to Michigan, you know, it's like Derek brought that up, you know, that's a big deal because you got a guy that, that won the four crown that runs, that's running a crystal. I, I wish Thomas would have said he was coming because he probably <laughs> would have brought another thousand people. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Whoever was there got to say, Hey, remember, I mean, we're going to be talking about that. 30 years from now, hey, remember when Thomas Meserol came to Crystal? Because it'll probably never happen again. You know what I mean? But it happened. So, so I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, and if I had a little smart, small part of him wanting to come and beat me, well, then that's great. You know, whatever, whatever my thing is, is whatever makes the fans get excited, that's what I'm all about. So you, uh, I mean, you mentioned that you had the opportunity to race against uh, Clawson and and Timez and who uh, who else would you like to see? I mean, you you got a platform here. Who do you want to come and? Uh, well, and- I mean, I, I've raced I've I've raced against a lot of great race car drivers. It's just, you know, I'm a Michigan guy, and Michigan's its own deal. And you kind of got a little a little advantage if they come to your backyard, so to speak. It's no different than. You know, ASCS National Tour coming to Michigan, and, you know, Ryan Rule is a great 360 wing sprint car driver. Well, they come to his backyard, well, that gives him an opportunity. Right. You know what I mean? Um, or Chad Bond back in the day when All-Stars came to Butler. You know, so, I mean, I hope I can be that guy. But, you know, as far as racing against all them guys, I mean, what what I think about – with racing with elite drivers is I wish I had a time machine and I could go back and race against Larry Dixon or Gary Bentonhausen or Poncho Carter or them guys in the sixties and seventies. I, I love that stuff. You know what I mean? Like when I think about running against elite drivers, I'm, I'm thinking about how am I going to run against this guy? That's got no shock adjustments. This car's real heavy. He's got no horsepower. These tires are really hard. You know what I mean? Like, that's the stuff I think about when driving was a lot more work. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I think with that, we, uh, you mentioned what you were, you're looking at at 2020 and, uh, we, we certainly hope to see you, uh, in Ohio in 2020. Uh, and uh, that's the plan. Um, we're going to go to be going to PRI on Friday and we're going to be tracking down Aaron Fry with boss, uh, filling some boss races. So it's kind of up to Aaron. If Aaron listens to this podcast, well then, he needs to let me know what boss races he's got. Well, thanks for having me on, and um, thanks for promoting uh, sprint car racing, especially non-wing stuff. And uh, do you have anyone? Uh, do you have anyone you want to thank, Steve, while you're while you're on here? No, I just want to thank my wife um, for letting me race and uh, putting her hard-earned money on in this stuff too. Or and, uh, we're just excited for uh, 2020. If there's any potential sponsors or people looking for a driver, uh, you'll be hard pressed to find a driver uh, that does more with less than Steve. So your resources will go pretty far if you're going to look for uh, help a driver out. I would say that that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not retired from wing racing at all. I'm just retired from paying my out of my own wallet from wing racing. 
So I'm a decent wing guy, so I'm open for any opportunities on that end of it for sure. Well, good deal. Maybe we can uh, we can add some more to your schedule uh, in coming up for the next year. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, thanks for being on, and uh, we'll look forward to meeting you on Friday. All right, thanks, man. Yep. Great getting to know Steve Irwin, uh, a Michigan driver there. Uh, tons of experience from all facets of racing. Uh, he's got a lot of stories to tell, Derek. He does. It was uh, interesting to have him around. I've heard a lot of those stories before, but uh, he definitely is uh, very versed in his racing and uh, likes, to, likes to get out there and try new things and interact with people. So good person to have on. I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was very cool to hear, you know, that fascination with what he said. He used the word nostalgia of uh, of racing those those non wing sprints, and uh, that was something that I never thought of it as because I, I I grew up in the South watching the non wings on on TV when I could. Um, I can't remember what the show was, ESPN Sunday Night Thunder or something like that. And uh, every now you every now and then you would uh, catch a non wing show tied onto a wing show. And uh, I just I never thought about it having that much history until later in life. So it was very cool to hear him talk about that. Uh, and that's, you know, that's part of his fascination with driving those cars. Right. And we, we talk about all the time, our group of uh, friends who are going to the races. I mean, it's kind of on a resurgence right now. You have, uh, obviously, Boss that's been around for a while, MTS. But we've seen all these pockets where... You know, Wisconsin has a series now with the Wisconsin wing list, and it's just uh, feels like it's starting to grow back up again. And uh, that'll be pretty cool to see because non-wing racing, I, I'm, I'm a huge wing racing fan, obviously. That's kind of my passion, but but it's hard to beat a good non-wing race when you see one. Yeah, and I know that's something that uh, that Jacob is very passionate about too. So Jacob, sorry you had to miss this interview, man. Um, but Derek, we appreciate you sitting in for Jacob while he's out uh, with work. We look forward to being at PRI coming up this Friday. Jacob and I will both be there. So uh, Jacob has a blue at Ohio dirt hat. I have a red red at Ohio dirt hat. If you see us walk around the floor, make sure you track us down. And uh, Derek, thanks for, thanks for sitting in this week, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for bringing Steve in. Uh, it was a great interview. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, we really appreciate St. Peak District Studios uh, working to make our podcast sound as good as we possibly can. If you are in need of recording any type of audio for your band, for your podcast, for an advertisement, make sure you reach out to Robin Recorder at gmail.com and let Robin take care of you. So thanks for tuning in fans and welcome to all the new Michigan uh, listeners uh, who Steve Irwin has brought on and we appreciate you guys. So as always get out, get dirty and support your local tracks. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.